There is a certain inevitability, perhaps, in the first sermon of the new year to look back and to look forwards. As I was thinking about this yesterday, however, I realized that George Will had already done it better for me in the Washington Post. So I want to start with what he said yesterday. He said, 2020 was a booster shot against human hubris. The plague year 2020, he wrote, was another brutal rejoinder to the belief that brute forces can be pushed to the margins of and eventually out of humanity's experience. When today's pandemic recedes, what should linger is a quickened appreciation of the fragility of life and social arrangements. Hubris is a word, a Greek word, which means pride, overweening pride, which leads to a fall. And that's not the word that I want to pursue, although it is the idea that I want to pursue. And what I want to do is to substitute for the word hubris, pride, the word optimism. There's a wonderful book by the British literary critic and philosopher, Terry Eagleton called Hope Without Optimism. It was written about five or six years ago and was a consolidation of some lectures that he actually delivered at UVA down in Charlottesville. And what he says in this book is that there is a fundamental difference between hope and optimism. Optimism, he says, is a state of mind. It's nothing more than that. It doesn't require a huge amount of thought. It doesn't require any commitment. It's just a rather shallow surface view but things will be okay, because they're always okay. That's just the way things turn out. Anything which doesn't quite match that filter gets dismissed. Hope, on the other hand, he says, is something deeper than that. It's also something which acknowledges the reality, the difficulties, the tragedies of life that we see playing out around us, that we've certainly seen playing out in the past year and that I fear we'll see playing out in the coming year. So there's hope, and then there's optimism. In today's reading from Jeremiah, Jeremiah is all about hope, and is most definitely not about optimism. The prophet Jeremiah lived from, or was active, from about the mid-620s BC about the mid-580s BC. He started during good times for Israel, and he lived through the calamity, through the catastrophe, that was both the first and then the second fall of Jerusalem under the Babylonians, which led, in the end, to the destruction of the temple and to everything that the Jews believed that they had been promised in the covenant on Sinai, in the covenant with Abraham, and in all that followed that. And Jeremiah spent his life prophesying this at great personal cost to himself. And there was no end of false prophets, of optimistic prophets who said, it's all going to be okay. We're told that at a certain point in his life, Jeremiah built for himself, under instructions from God, built for himself a wooden yoke. And one of these false prophets came and broke the yoke and said, within two years, the grip of Babylon on Jerusalem will also be broken. And Jeremiah said, no, 
it will be replaced with a yoke of iron. And as a result of that, he was thrown into a cistern from which he was only just about rescued. But that was the life of Jeremiah. He was faithful to what he knew was going to happen, to the reality of the world. And yet, he was also hopeful. He was profoundly hopeful. And that's what we see in today's reading. He says, see, I'm going to bring them from the land of the north, gather them from the farthest parts of the earth, among them the blind and the lame, those with child and in labor, together a great company. They shall return here. With weeping they shall come, and with consolations I will lead them back. He who scattered Israel will gather them and will keep them as a shepherd, as a shepherd a flock. I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them and give them gladness for sorrow. There is, at the end of this, 70 years after this calamity, 70 years after this shattering of the belief of the dream of Israel, of God's chosen people, Jeremiah says, nevertheless, God will then redeem you. But there is no pretense that this is going to be easy. And how true does that ring of the past year? If we think about the pandemic, if we think about the promises which have been made, it'll be over by X or Y or Z. It won't hurt. It won't do damage. The economy will bounce back. All of those things are shallow optimism. And yet, nevertheless, there is in what we've seen also hope. What Eagleton says is he says the problem with optimism in general is that it tends to downplay the contingency of existence, to avoid, minimize, look past, or rationalize calamity. Hope, on the other hand, acknowledges the realities of failure and defeat, but refuses to capitulate in the face of them and preserves an openness to the future. And because it reckons with failure and disaster, this sort of hope, unlike optimism, is closely related to a cluster of other virtues, to patience, to trust, to courage, to tenacity, resilience, forbearance, perseverance, and long-suffering. That is hope. And that is the hope that we have. That is the hope that Jeremiah gives us, even after the worst of calamities, even after almost the whole population is taken off to Babylon, even though the temple, the house of the Lord, is destroyed totally. There is hope at the end of that. And in this year just past, and in this year to come, there is also that hope. But again, we shouldn't approach this with optimism. We have many problems. Our hope comes from the presence of light. If you cast your minds back just a week or two to the reading from John, John 1, the light came into the world. The light came into the world. And yet at the same time, we're told that the world didn't recognize it. The darkness did not overcome the light, but we did not recognize the light. And our hope comes from that light. But none of that is going to be easy. 
We still have very difficult times to go with a pandemic. Thank God, literally, thank God there is a vaccine. But have no doubt that this is going to be a very, very difficult few months. The economy is also going to be difficult. The broken hopes and dreams of so many people will become worse in this period. And last year's surge, optimism around race, around what we may be able to do, there is hope there. But again, this is not going to be easy. There is something in the human soul which can incline to badness or to goodness. And if we follow the light, then we can help God. We can do that. But there is difficulty in that. Cast your mind back to the very beginning of the story a week or two ago. When Mary takes Jesus into the temple and meets Simeon, and Simeon, having first taken what we now know as the nunc dimittis, you know, this is the baby, this is the child, this is the savior who will be the light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. He also says, will be a cause for rising and falling in Israel. But he will cause difficulties and he will face difficulties. And think also the feast that we celebrate on Wednesday, the feast of the Epiphany, the feast of the wise men. They bring three gifts. They bring gold for a king. They bring frankincense for worship. But they also bring myrrh for embalmment. The Christian hope is a hope not of optimism. It is a realistic hope because it is a hope which ultimately leads through the cross itself. It is a hope which acknowledges pain. It is a hope which requires something of us. One of the things that Eagleton says is there is, with hope, a commitment to it. There is an intentionality to it. There is something, if you will, performative about it. And he mentions two types of performative hope. The first is, I promise. I promise is a present hope. It is a commitment to now. And I hope is performative for the future. It expresses what we believe will happen, can happen, and what we may have some part in helping to happen. But it does not assume that things are easy. It does not assume that everything is going to go well. It does not assume that everything is going to be sorted out. It acknowledges the difficulties. It acknowledges the tragedies. But it also says, as Jeremiah says, the people coming back from exile, that the Lord will look after them. We believe through the life and death and resurrection of Jesus that in the end, all will be made well. But there is a difficult road before that. So as we embark on 2021, I would just ask you to think of two things, maybe say two things. Bear these two things in mind. The first is, I promise, now, and I hope for the future.
Amen.